You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You were not made to make excuses. time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. What is going on, everybody? This is your boy, Nathan Crankfield, the host and founder of the Seeking Excellence Podcast. And I'm joined today with my friend, uh, Giancarlo Bernini. Giancarlo, how are you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing great. It's so good to be here with you, man. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to have you. This is definitely uh, going to be a unique, you know, a unique podcast from what we've done in the past, which I'm excited to share with people. But uh, yeah, you've got such an awesome story and, and life and, and experiences and things like that that I'm excited to share um, with everyone. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you invited me to be on. Yeah, awesome. So I jump right in. Dude, so yeah, so let me give the background on how we met and stuff. So we, uh, Alessandro, who's my boss and one of my best friends, uh, with Hallow, we went down in December to Dallas. And we were at the St. Nicholas Christmas show where you were performing yep. as the magician. Ironically, like before, I think like the week before that, Emily, my fiance and I had realized that you were also coming to Mountain Madness in February. Right. Um, which I'm a volunteer for. Yeah. So I'll get to see you a month now from recording. Well, that's just like three weeks from now. Yeah. It's um, crazy soon. Yeah. And then one of her best friends who Alessandro ironically is walking down the aisle with, you know, them that as friends down in Dallas. Right. Haley and, uh, Haley and Brian O'Donnell. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No, crazy. it's crazy. And I just heard about uh hollow um, from literally through some ads literally like a few weeks before so yeah. when i saw your booth i was excited about it and and, and at the st nicholas show I, I i that's why i stopped by the booth i was like oh i've seen you guys like all over the place and yeah yeah so so, so that's crazy i think you downloaded it there if i'm I not did. mistaken I like in front of us <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember that which is pretty cool um yeah and then i remember watching so like when we got back from the trip after watching your magic your shows there and just kind of Sandra and I were talking about magic a lot while we were there. Once we knew that there was going to be a magician at the thing, at the event, I started watching the Penn and Teller fool us without ever knowing that you had been on that show. And oh, it was just like, yeah, I just was watching it last night. And, but I've been watching it for a while uh, on YouTube. I was just watching like random clips and stuff like that. I had never heard of it before until after uh, the, the uh, St. Nicholas show. And so we were talking <laughs> with Brian and Haley over here during Christmas time. And they were like, yeah, we, we, I don't know how we got on the topic of talking about you, but they were like, have you seen his like box trick with the phone? And we were like, no, I haven't seen that. And they were like, you got to pull it up, like try to find it. And then it was crazy to me that you were on that show. 
Dang. Awesome. Well, dude, that, that, that's a crazy amount of random connections. And, and the fact that you were into that show and that we met, but you, you, you didn't know that I'd been on the show and you were watching it. I, I love that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Amazing experience. Yeah. Just, I, was, I mean, that trick was super cool. Um, one of my favorite ones for sure that I've seen on there, but before we get all into everything, how about you give us a little bit of background of, of who you are, your life story, where you're from, that kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, so uh, I'm from, I grew up in McAllen, Texas, so down south, uh, south Texas, and kind of lived there almost my whole life. Uh, my parents are Costa Rican, uh, and my grandpa's Italian, which is why my name is super Italian. Uh, mm. Grandpa on my dad's side. Uh, but yeah, raised Catholic, uh, kind of ra- raised Catholic, but in, in high school, kind of like a lot of kids started questioning things and being like, I don't know if this is kind of like my thing, whatever. But I, I was introduced by a uh, at summer camp uh, to the topic of apologetics. And I got really into apologetics. And that kind of like pulled me back into my faith, like very strongly. Um, then I went on an act retreat junior year of high school. Uh, and that kind of started started the kind of uh non-intellectual side of faith the the emotional spiritual side of things um started that journey college got involved with focus and you know had a really uh really great uh bible study group and discipler um and that just kind of like started forming kind of that relationship with christ on a very intimate you know level same time i got into magic when i was about nine years old uh I was probably like eight or nine. Uh, my dad showed me a card trick. Then I started getting magic sets for Christmas uh, quickly. Just, you know, wanted to learn something new, showed it to friends. They're like, oh, cool. And then after, you know, I'd done the trick a million times and some of them started figuring out, I was like, I need to learn another one. So then I just kind of snowballed and I really mm-hmm. got into it and meeting with other magicians and going to magic shows. Uh, so I started, I got to the point in college where I was like, I, I'm really into ministry. I love my faith. Also, you know, I want to be a magician and I started thinking about how to integrate the two started, uh, you know, uh, listening to a couple podcasts about, uh, the transcendentals, uh, some of Bishop Robert Barron stuff, um, and just figuring out like how truth, beauty, and goodness is an avenue of ministry. And that kind of gave a lens on a lens to me on kind of bridging the two. So that's kind of, you know, being a magician, being Catholic were kind of like two side-by-side things in my life. And then in yeah. college, they just kind of started merging. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't want to go super deep into your college experience, but I know that's something we want to talk about too. So can you tell us a little bit about that, where you went and what you studied? Uh, yeah, I uh, basically went to UT Austin, uh, studied religious studies, uh, and I was pretty involved in the Catholic Center there. So yeah, I was... Yeah. Probably a huge part of my life and probably, you know, I, I really enjoyed uh, my time in college. It was, it was uh, you know, four years where I made some lifelong friends. And, and like I said, really, that's where my, the, like the, the intimate relationship with Christ started really getting formed in those years. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I know that was pretty surprising to me when you told me about that um, when we met in, in December, which is pretty funny too, because I'm interviewing and having a conversation with a, a new friend of mine on uh, this coming Sunday too, who studied ethnic studies at UC Berkeley. And oh, so, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interested. Every time I hear people studying like diverse things like that at a public university that are Catholic, like I'm very intrigued, you know, right. about what the experience is like. 
Well, that was part of it is I wanted to understand the approach that because uh, the approach I take, obviously, you know, is a secular approach. It's a secular university. Right. And and being able to study religion from the perspective, like uh, supposedly, you know, unbiased perspective, a right. perspective of, of of kind of saying, like, we're not here to push a specific agenda, but we're just going to introduce you to everything. Um, it's good because once you already have the Catholic Foundation, now you can use this to kind of understand where people are coming from and try to, like, you know, when right. you're having conversations with people from other backgrounds, you can meet them where they are and and kind of start a conversation kind of knowing where they're coming from, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And I guess going into that, you know, because I, I also I have this question I just typed up this morning for her of like what you know, the classic. And, and before I, before I ask this question, I want to preface that I am not the typical person and I'm not somebody who uses my college degree that I got right now anyways in my profession. But I know like people face a lot of pressure from that, you know, when you're going to college and you're picking your college degree. So I'm always interested like in I, I typed a question for her, like, what did you hope to do with that degree? And I guess for you, did right. you already know you wanted to be a magician like lifelong or, or what was well, your thought process with that? Originally, I, I got into UT as a film major. I wanted to be a movie director. Oh, really? That was wow. just kind of something I was kind of interested in. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Uh, but very quickly, I was like, you know what? This isn't something that thrills me. It's not something that I'm getting excited about. Um, so I changed my major about a semester in to college. Uh, but what had happened was I had to take an elective. I took an elective in religious studies and I loved it. I loved going to class and I loved doing the homework. I mean, I had to read the Bible and talk about it for homework. Like I'm like, you know, like this yeah. is, this <laughs> is pretty great. fun. Um, and there's something I know about. And, and I just kind of like, man, I wish all my classes were like this. And so, uh, as it slowly became more realistic that I was going to be a professional magician, um, I was also thinking, um, and, and you know, I wasn't solidified yet, but as I was like, you know what, this movie thing isn't for me, maybe this isn't the magic thing. I was like, I want to, I want to major in religious studies. And it was a very hard decision because yeah, not a lot of career paths that like, you know, straight out of, you know, religious studies, bachelor's degree, you know, <laughs> right. cause like, if you want to be a priest, go do, you know, philosophy or theology at yeah, the you, still got, you have to reset. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you got to redo everything. It's not like this is setting me up for ministry. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, I think it did to a degree, but not in any, you know, official or formal capacity. Right. So I, yeah, I, 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 it was still something that I'm like, you know, this is, this is what I'm enjoying. And, and I feel like I learned a lot and I'm glad I did it. Uh, but, you know, um, became more confident and more comfortable with that as I continued to, um, it just felt right. You know, it just felt yeah. like, you know, like this is like, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm good where I am. Yeah, it's good. I think people need to hear that. You know, like I, I remember it was like two or three years ago, where I kind of shifted and I was like, man, I wish I'd just like majored in philosophy. I minored in philosophy. I majored in criminal justice. And I'm like, I kind of wish I would have just done the philosophy thing, but everybody, I kind of felt that same pressure of like, what are you going to do with a philosophy degree? And ironically, right. you can't do a number of things with a philosophy degree aside from teaching like law school. It's a great uh, undergrad for law. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. And I think there's such a high percentage of people who don't use their college degrees that we really undervalue um, getting people excited about learning and like finding a topic and a subject that you're really passionate about yeah. um, and how valuable that can be. And then really also emphasizing like the extracurriculars, right? Like all the other things that really form you as a human being that you can do during that college time to, to actually prepare for life. Yep. You know what yeah, I mean? absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I think overall, like even when some of my magician friends, whether, whether or not they, you know, are, are believers or not, um, 
that I'm like, should I go to college? I'm like, absolutely go to college. Like, you know, if you have the opportunity to go to college, go to college. Um, because even if, if, if you're not going to use your major, your degree, there's something about, uh, the networking and the people you meet and also, uh, the, what is it? Uh, I think the, the way you learn to live, like, live life in college and you're like transitioning into being an adult like it's just there's so many so many benefits uh that i found like i'm like i don't i don't even though i know i'm not gonna use my degree you know i'm, I'm glad i did it and I, I i still enjoyed what i was doing you know what i mean right yeah absolutely yeah and that's so and that's so important you know it's just really underappreciated i think but with that too i think you're i would imagine because you do a lot of corporate stuff um, you know, for magic that you, I mean, you have to meet so many different people and diverse backgrounds, you travel, you know, and yep. so it really does help you probably in ways that, uh, you know, your friend's parents at the time, probably, <laughs> you know, wouldn't have anticipated. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. But people still undervalue, but yeah, man. So I just wanted to know, I feel like I, I don't think I've ever met like a, a professional magician before. And so I feel like I just want to ask all the <laughs> questions that people want to ask magicians. So, um, I guess my first one is what, like, how, what inspired you? Uh, and, and I guess like, how do you formulate, you know, tying in your faith in shows like you did in December, uh, into the show? Like, has that always yeah. been something that you've wanted to do or you've always done? Yeah. It's always something that I've wanted to do. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, it took a while to figure out how to do it properly because at first you kind of want to do like the, you know, like this card represents Jesus and this card represents sin. <laughs> right. and you're doing like the analogy stuff. And that just gets cheesy and old really quickly. <laughs> right. And it's very surface level. And at the end of the day, um, the discovery was like, no, this is a performance art like anything else. And performance art is about some kind of vulnerability. So it's not like, I'm not trying to s do like a trick to like illustrate concepts anymore. Although I can, and some of those are, are good. And, and, and I use those, especially with apologetics. Sometimes you can use, a trick is an analogy um, for an argument in apologetics, and that's helpful. Um, mm. And there's just a couple examples I can give you of that. But in general, um, it's more about at the end of the day when you're when you're performing, you're sharing yourself, and you're share your it's self expression throughout. That's what art is. It's it's, it's a form of self expression. And in my case, what I want to express is my faith and my relationship with Christ. And so it becomes an avenue to be vulnerable and have an opportunity to. Uh, you know, be in front of an audience, do an, you know, do really cool art that, that gets them to, you know, you kind of earn their respect, earn the right to be heard by them. And then near the end of the show, you kind of say, you know, throughout the show, I've been hinting at these bigger questions and let me give you what my experience with this has been. And that can be, you know, whatever, Catholic message I'm sharing at the moment, um, you know, I've kind of, it, it's, 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 it's gotta be good in terms of like the magic has to be good. The tricks have to be really good. And the message has to be good because I can't just do, you know, I, yeah. it, I'm not just a guy who does magic tricks. Like, like magic is my thing. And I, you know, kind of like bring in the faith as like a sprinkle on top, or I'm not a Catholic speaker who uses a few tricks to illustrate things. I'm a magician. And so what I do is like, like the art, the actual performance has to be top quality. And I'm also an evangelist and the message has to be quality. You have to do both really well. And that's been the hardest part is figuring out how to do, how to not do one and kind of add in the other. Right. Oh yeah. I can imagine. Uh, 
Yeah, you said you said a bunch of good things there. Uh, but the first one I think was really funny is uh, avoiding being cheesy, you know? Right. <laughs> and I think that's so important. And I think it's good for everybody to kind of, you hit a few good things there that are like really central to seeking excellence. And I think that when it comes to excellence and evangelization, like being cheesy and corny is like everybody's like first step, you know, like it's so easy. Yeah. I was just kind of reflecting on this yesterday. Like I've been posting a lot. Recently, I, you know, some stuff about the death penalty, some stuff about like the pro-life movement and all these things. And it's like, it's so, I, I see why so many like Catholic speakers or podcasters or writers, you know what I mean? will do a lot of the easier things. It's easy to encourage people, right? Like a lot of people are suffering and to take the kind of like just gentle encouragement approach, you know, and be like, Jesus loves you all the time and never like get to the hard stuff of like hell is real. Um, you know, talk about abortion or same sex marriage, things like that. It's, it's easy to do that. And I think that we all take the kind of like cheesy approach at first, you know? Right. And, and there, there's two, there's two approaches, right? There's the, the very cheesy surface level, like, Hey, Jesus loves you and you should go out and, you know, just love people. And that's my message for the show. And there's right. also like, but there's also the depth of like some of the topics you just mentioned are very politically controversial, even within the faith. Right. And sure. not that they should be, not that they should be. But they still but are. Yeah. And that's that's the reality. And your audience, like, like it's kind of like a no, knowing your audience. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going into this this particular setting and I need to know what what do what do I have that they need right now? Yeah. And and sometimes usually that is um let me share you kind of like my testimony or my story or in, in the way the show looks right now is I share some of my struggles, um, like some of my personal struggles with things like identity and, and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And kind of tying that into uh, kind of like, Hey, if you struggle with this as well, if this is something you're doing, you, you've, you've, you've felt before. Um, and I tie the story into the show, but uh, if, if I ever like, at the at the end of the it's headed to the show but at the end i was like let me break let me let me just tell you something that's very real that i've kind of hinted at but let me give you the full story this is me and if you relate to that if this is you if you struggled with this this is why i want to share this with you but yeah. sometimes sometimes you'll go in to a church and you say you know what i like I, and you just got to trust the holy spirit but and you you, you just got to you know try your best to gauge it. And, and sometimes you're not always on point, but <laughs> no, sometimes sure. you're you got to go in and you got to be like, I think what they need to hear is that Jesus loves them. And I think right. that's all they need to, you know, not yeah, and there's time I, for I, that. Right. There's, there's no a doubt. mo there's a time for that. There's yeah. a time when you can be a little more, you know, whether it be political or challenging or yeah. talk about t- difficult topics. And it's not something I do a lot of, uh, because it's, just not, yeah. it's not my, <laughs> I don't think that's my job. That's the, no, the job would, of the pastor, of the spiritual director. So I'm the magician, agree. right? I'm not coming in to push a political agenda or yeah. even to like catechize them. Like that's right. not my role. You but don't I tie know, much transubstantiation into the, uh, exactly. into the card tricks. Yeah. But, no, but my, my role is that is to say things like, Hey, be open to these things or, you know, ask the hard questions. Right. And then there are people there whose job it is to help you with the hard questions. Exactly. Um, and, and it's kind of, that's the thing. It's, it's just finding your place. I definitely agree. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's the really important thing. And I think uh, everybody has a role to play and a position to play. I just think that a lot of people, and I don't think you're one of these people for sure. Um, and 
I, I think a lot of people who have the position of kind of the follow on and like the actual like challenge and you probably have this position in personal relationships. Right. But I don't think you as a magician have the role to be the kind of next, there's kind of that first openness. And then you actually have to like eventually form people in the truth, which is the hard part and uncomfortable part um, right. when there's lifestyle changes and things like that that have to happen. Um, some of the hard teachers of the church. And there are people who are called for that. I think I struggle with people who seem like they, and I don't know, you know, but I, I think there's an obvious shortage of those people who are willing to like share the hard message and the truth, priests and, and religious and Catholic school teachers, all of them combined, you know, included in that. Um, but I think that's the hard part when you see people who are not willing to share the truth and get to right. that point, you know? Um, but I'm not totally. encouraging and, you to, to do a, a for sure. apologetics on pro-life messages. <laughs> right. For sure. But, but there's, but there's a, there's a time and place for it, you know, exactly. I, yeah. There is, it doesn't there, mean you're off the hook yet in your whole life. Right. There's a, there's a conference coming up that I'm, I'm performing at. That is a, uh, it's a, it's a pro-life conference and they've asked me to do oh, a pro-life awesome. message and it's a whole pro-life conference. So, you know, they know that what they yeah. are coming, the people who are coming to this conference know what they're coming know that this is, you know, yeah. and it's part of the program and I'm here, but, uh, you know, like that is not something that that's not the norm. The norm is I'm being brought into a parish of people who are lukewarm in their yeah. faith or all over. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the last thing I want to do is come in and just stir the pot and divide even more. I want to say, Hey, truth, beauty, goodness, pursue these things and be very real about it. And, 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 and talk about, you know, real struggle and be like, Hey, this is not just like, uh, you know, just like, a uh, uh, sugar. I'm not sugarcoating anything. Like, right. Like let's talk about real struggles and let's talk about what it actually looks like practically to do these things. Um, but then, you know, kind of say, you know, where, where you are, what does it look like to pursue truth? And for some of those people in that room, that's going to mean going and asking those very hard questions about, you know, very controversial things. But for right. some of those people, that question of what does it mean to pursue truth is who is Jesus, right? Like, yeah. the right people are in different places. And, and like I said, the, why they're bringing you in varies. And, you, and that's one of the questions that I, uh, I pray about and ask every time I go play. I'm, I'm like, kind of like, why are you bringing me in? Like, like try to figure out, like, what, what, do, you, what do you want from me? Um, right. like why, why do I add value to this? Cause it's not cause I do cool card tricks, right? Like that's not why you're bringing me in and, and, and trying to, to, to establish that and, and really just love them as best I can through what I do. That's awesome, man. The other thing you said that I think is so critical, especially to why we have the professional pillar of excellence. Um, but it's, it's relevant also, I think to like the physical pillar and, um, yeah, financial pillar even, at times. And I think that they, to varying degrees, but you talked about earning the right to be heard. And I think it's like such an under another thing that's just super underappreciated, especially when it comes to evangelization. Um, like you have people who, uh, you know, I, it's, it's a hard truth. It's a hard reality. And I'd love to just get your thoughts on this generally. Um, I think it's a, to me, I believe it's a hard truth that when you have a, a youth minister who's divorced, overweight, um, not really passionate about their job. Like they're less effective than somebody who is, you know, in a strong marriage, like is actually like living out the, the life of excellence. Right. And is striving. And it doesn't mean it's their fault, right. All of those things, right. it could have a health issue. They could, it could be that their spouse left them. There's a number of things that could have happened. And I'm not neg negating that, 
But I think that if the more that we can understand that, like when you pursue excellence in your life, and especially when you're talking about evangelizing people through your work, um, like it mattered. And I had more influence over my soldiers as a, as an army officer, because I had a ranger tab. It's just a fact, you know, like they had more respect yeah. for me because of that. When I was in other posts and I was an airborne and I had my airborne uh, beret, you know, that you wear like people listen to you more. It's just, it's just how it works, right? It's just human beings. Right. I think it's especially true for men, um, but I think it's true in general. So what are your thoughts on like, how have you seen people being more open and receptive to your other messages as you've grown in your expertise as a magician? Yeah, and, and just this, this is interesting because that also work, happens in the magic world too. If you're a magician sure. and you know you are you you don't look super well put together, like you're a performer on stage, and right. and part of part of the characters of, of a magician is like, oh, if he was a magician, he should be able to fix his whole life with magic. And if you if you <laughs> right. if you right, like which isn't true, but like that's the that's. Really that's that's part of the performance is is to make it part of the performance part of the art is make it um make it be, uh believable to an audience uh within not not believable because i don't expect anyone to actually believe it but um to right. make it uh to allow allow the audience to suspend their disbelief for a moment and and enjoy the fiction of what's happening but when you go see a play um you know, you, the costuming matters. I, you don't just see a guy walk up on stage right. and say, I'm Peter Pan. You need to believe it. No, the <laughs> guy, suit, yeah. exactly. The guy dresses like Peter Pan and he tries to be Peter Pan and he tries to make it as believable as possible in order to bring the audience in, yeah. um, into, into what, well, you know, and we all know it's fiction, but to some level, we're all going to say, you know what, let's just for a moment, pretend that this is real so that we can get the full extent of the art. And, and in a magic show, you know, like I said, I don't believe anyone, I don't want, not only do I not expect, I don't want anyone to believe that what I'm doing is real, obviously. Um, it's all an illusion. It's all a trick. But uh, for a moment, I want, mm-hmm. I want people to kind of feel like, you know what, uh, let's enjoy the art and get into the mindset of what if this, you know, what if he really could make stuff appear? Like, like I don't want them right. in the skeptic mindset of like, how is he doing everything? I want them to enjoy the art. And part right. of that. Yeah is is my character and my presentation and if i walk on stage in shorts and you know a t-shirt i don't look like a magician and i don't look yeah. like my life is magic because if if his life was magic why can't he snap his fingers and have a suit on before he walks on stage you know yeah so so it's it's kind of a um anyway that credibility thing applies to the magic world too and 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 it carries over in when it comes to to the faith because you know i it's interesting because when, especially for youth ministry shows, you know, so the kids expect you, Oh, we're going to have another speaker come in. And the first thing that I need to do is break through to these kids and say, Hey, look, I'm not another speaker. Um, what I have to show you is actually super, super cool. And once you're kind of on board you're like, Oh, this guy's and also relatable. I try to be relatable to the degree that I can also don't try to, you know, I don't try to like act like, you know, I'm their age or whatever, but I try to right. be relatable in terms That's of like, <laughs> Right, of course. Um, because you see, you see those guys who try to like use slang and try to like, yeah, be, like, man. like, like oh, try to relate so to the kids, and it, it just, yeah. it just, they, they can smell it. They can smell it, and <laughs> right. it's just yeah. terrible. Yeah. No, but I say, dude, I know where I am. Like, you know, like I'm yep. 25. You're in high school, but I remember being in high school. Let's talk about that. And 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 I try to, you know, not be condescending. I try to, you know, not 
be right. the guy, not be the speaker coming in to talk to the little kids, but just be like, hey, like, I know why you're here. I know why I'm here. Let's let's talk about stuff. But also, I want to make sure you have a really great time. I want to make sure you really enjoy this. I yeah. want to give you an awesome experience. And once I've done that, and at, by the end of it, they're like, all right, you know, this was worth coming to. This guy was worth coming to see. And that's when I can say, now, let me tell you why I'm here and what I want to share with you. And I've kind of earned yeah. the right. And they can. And that's why they can say, say, like, you know, we we uh you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll hear you Penn, Penn and teller who are notorious atheists like they are known for being like some of the uh like most outspoken atheists they you really don't like religion really um yeah and they talk about it in their show if you go see their show in las vegas they they uh um they talk negatively about religion and they talk about their atheism um and the thing is they are such good magicians and such good performers that people, regardless of what they believe, they'll still go see their show and they'll even listen to what they have to say. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why can't we do the same thing with our faith? You know, give people such a great experience that, you know, people who are atheists, people who are not believers, they'll say, you know what? I don't really believe, you know, I can say, I don't really believe in what Giancarlo is going to tell me, but his show uh, is so good. It's yeah, worth watching. Go. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go, you still got to go see it. And you know what? He has earned the right to, to yeah. When Penn and Teller talk about stuff, even though I disagree with them, I'll listen to them. I'll hear them out because they've earned the right to be heard. You know, and yeah, I want to. They are, yeah. Because of how good they are, they are the best magician in the world. So, so if they if they want to use yeah. their platform to share something, I may disagree with it, but I'm going to listen to it. I love and it, I, and and I want I want the same kind of I want to strive for the same degree of of of, I guess. Uh, like achievement and respect kind of. Yeah. Like, like credibility, I guess. Credibility. That's a good word for it. Yeah, man. I think, and people really, do, people just really don't like that. And it is really hard to balance the fact that like God's grace is given freely and you want to tell people and encourage people. And I often do that. Like you don't need to know everything. You don't need to be a rock star to evangelize in these little ways. I think the main thing is that you don't need to have any qualifications to evangelize. It's just that there's certain things that really help. And yeah. there's certain things that you can strive for and be excellent in um, for the sake of other people. That's not all selfish and focused on you, but yeah, like you said, like uh, taking care of your physical appearance, um, you know, like striving to be healthy physically um, all these other things, but also like pursuing excellence in your position. I love, I think it's a Chesterton quote where somebody asked him, how do you become a good Catholic author? And he said, first be a good Catholic and then write a book, you know, or how do you write a good Catholic book or something like that? Um, and I'm sure it's the same as for a Catholic magician. The same is true for me in, in a Catholic sales, you know, guy, uh, yeah. whatever it is that you're doing, Catholic podcaster. It's like, and, and the the parameters for us being good Catholics are pretty similar across the board. And then there's a lot of like spe specificity and specific things you need to do to be excellent in your field of work, you know? Right. And, and, and when I started doing this, uh, one of the first things that, uh, I struggled with was because here's the other thing is there's not a lot of magicians in the Catholic market. In fact, as far as I know, I might be the only one. I was going to uh, ask that. <laughs> I've never met another. Uh, I yeah. mean, there are Catholics who are magicians, uh, yeah. but I've never met someone who has like specific Catholic show tailored for churches. So when I started putting this together in college and I graduated and then I started getting calls to do churches, I got thrust into the ministry world very quickly. And I really didn't have a lot of experience doing like ministry, ex like, like, going to churches and being a speaker and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and one of the first things that I, I had to learn was because at first I'm like, well, this is great. But then, you know, kind of like the, I, I was like, look, I know my faith and I can talk about it intelligently, 
and I'm a good mm-hmm. magician and I can do this and I can put together a good experience. But I'm like, people really like, like, I, I don't want to say it's like an, like feeling like imposter syndrome almost, but it's that mm-hmm. feeling of like, like I, that's when I realized I'm like, I need to, like, I need to be living a good Catholic. Like this can't be just like a yeah. message and <laughs> right. a show. And, and one of the things that I, that I, but I also think being a good Catholic is being authentic and not right. So like, like, right. like when I do my shows and I share my story, I talk about like, Hey, this is what I struggle with. And by the way, I say like, I, I sometimes I tell the kids like, look, I'm not up here because I'm an amazing Catholic. I'm up here because I do cool card tricks and your youth minister knows you'll listen to that. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm honest with them. I'll say, look, I, I struggle with this, but we're, we're all in the same boat. But the last thing I also want is to be, is to be put on a pedestal because at first I was like, Oh man, I'm going to be like one of the, cool catholic speakers that i admire i'm gonna be one of those right. big guys and at first i'm like not only like not i don't i don't want it's it's like a a responsibility and like you know like you i put it like i don't want to pretend like i have everything together because i don't like right. i i am i'm broken and i need god's grace and i'm going to confession as often as anyone else you know like it 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 is it is the the I'll I'll sum it up in this the the biggest lesson I've had to learn in doing Catholic ministry is no is is you no one don't pretend like you have it all together but sometimes what people need to hear is they need to see that the person on stage in front of them like the person up on stage is just a broken sinner like them and we're all on the same journey and we're all striving for the same thing right um because at first I felt this pressure to be like, oh, the perfect Catholic speaker who like, you know, just, you know, lives a perfect Catholic style. I'm like, yeah. I, I'm i still Straight struggling with that. Yeah. I'm a 25-year-old I'm a kid. I struggle with things. <laughs> I struggle with things. Sure. And, 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 but I'm striving, right? I'm striving. Yeah. And it's awesome. And I think not only, and it was someone who told me, they're like, that's not, that's not just something you have to like internally understand but that's something you can also share is when you're on stage as you can tell people like, you know, break away the facade, the illusion, say, look, no one up here is pretending to be anything. We're all, we're all in the same boat. We're all striving and let's encourage yeah. each other as brothers and sisters. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's ministry is a weird thing. Cause that's, that's one of the, you know, I have to learn a lot of lessons about like what it actually means and yeah. what it looks like to, to, to do ministry. For um, sure. I and, bet. And, and even things like taking care of yourself and being healthy. I just recently started going to the gym, which I never do. Um, because I'm, I'm like, you know what, this is probably a part of it, right? This is yeah. probably a part of the life, uh, which you've mentioned a few times now. Like it's, 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 it's being a, a good steward of, of the body that God has given you. And you know, it's, it's at the same time, uh, I'm still figuring out two years into a pandemic, what it looks like to run a magic business and how to do the business right. side of things. And so some days I wake up and it's all chaotic. Some days God gives me the grace to have it all together. And it's just a day at a time, but, but yeah, it's, it's ministry is a weird thing. It is. Yeah. I love what you mentioned there about authenticity. I'd already written that down. And I think one thing that I was really impressed with when I saw you perform in Dallas was we actually had conversations before you did it. Like I, I, I think sometimes when people meet you afterwards, whether that's speaking or doing a magic show or whatever it might be, right. Is they like expect you to be what you were on stage, but 
But the cool insight of knowing somebody before they go on stage is like getting to see that like you were the same person up there that you were beforehand, you know? And I love that. And I think it's cool for people who, who do that because it's very easy, I think, to go up and, and especially probably in magic to like become a, you are a performer. Like you quite literally are a performer, you know, versus I feel like when I give a talk to a crowd, um, like it is a little bit more easy, I think, for me to be like genuine and authentic. Um, but it was really cool just to see you, how much it was just literally like, I'm like, that was a dude I just talked to five minutes ago. You know I, mean? I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 and it's so much easier to just walk up and be yourself and, and, and just be oh, I bet. Maybe yeah. like a, just an exaggerated version of yourself. But I, I very quickly stopped trying to pretend to be because, because, because with the perfect Catholic speaker, you have to be cheesy because you can't be vulnerable because if you're vulnerable, then it shows you're broken. Exactly. And, yeah. and I don't want any of that. <laughs> I, 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 right. It's, so it's, 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 it's be, be yourself mess and all right yeah and yeah. and 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 strive yeah that's dope man and then i love what you said earlier too and i think this is a good segue to another topic we really wanted to hit on uh you mentioned like wanting people to it, yeah this this kind of tough dichotomy where you you don't want people to be fully skeptic and not be like appreciating it uh you know appreciating just like the entertainment but at the same time you don't want people to believe like you're actually like you know, a demonic magician. <laughs> so right, exactly. Let's, let's talk about some of the difficulties. I feel like magic sometimes is put in that same category as like yoga or other things that have like funky backgrounds. It's like people right. are and even that stuff's with. controversial too. Like right. So, right, even in the faith, you know, you've got some people in the Catholic Church who are like, "Oh, yoga has this background, and we're gonna." Again. And then some people are like, "Dude, it's just exercise." Right, and you've got that. Right, you know, yep. you've yeah, got it's... that controversy uh, even about things like you know, like Harry Potter, and I yep. just. Because, uh, you know, people it's funny because I, I I grew up like a big Harry Potter fan and I love the movies. And, and for me, it's just it's, it's a movie. It's, so there's it's, a young magician. Right. Yeah, it would be a exactly. I'm, I'm a magician. I love <laughs> yeah. I'm like, cool. There's a movie. about. And in my head, I'm like, you know, like, obviously, I don't believe this stuff is real. And there's some really good themes about love and self-sacrifice in the movie that are are are, are good. But I just had someone tell me um, they they uh, they were bringing me in to do a trick show and they're like, hey. Can you not uh, like? We don't know if you were gonna do this, but can you? Uh, are, are we we we're not fans of like Harry Potter and those kinds of things, and so you don't talk about any of that stuff to you in your show. And I'm like, not really, no. But but thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> yeah, I, thanks I for that. <laughs> because again, oh man, like there's there's such a wide you know such a discussion on these things. Yeah. Um, but yes, magic is one of those things. But weirdly enough, I haven't I haven't had a lot of pushback on it. And I think it's because of two things. Uh, one, uh, people who have seen me, they know what I do. And when I'm on stage, like, I I make it very clear when I, uh, at least when I'm doing my church shows, I'm Catholic. Like, I believe in this stuff. And, and therefore, like, what I'm doing up here, like, it's a trick. It's an illusion. Uh, and you're seeing a Catholic guy do art, a really interesting, unique form of art, right. but it's, it's an art form. But I also want people to come into the show the same way that, like I said, you would go watch a play and you're watching. And I want you to, for a moment, just believe that that guy is Peter Pan while you're there uh, right. to the degree that you would like, I don't want you to be thinking like, Oh, he's an actor reciting lines. I want you to be into the story and and kind be of childlike you know to a certain right, extent beach, yeah exactly you know suspend the disbelief and that, that, that's i love that that's right it's not 
believe, don't believe it, but suspend the disbelief. There, we all know it's not real, but let's let's keep that. Let's say yes, we all know it's not real, and then for a moment, just say let's just all experience this kind of as if it was. Yeah, that's how you enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome, a, man. Yeah, there's a huge, uh, huge discourse in magic about like, especially with like some of the tricks um, that are more like um, what we call mentalism, which is like mind reading type magic tricks. Yeah, uh, people are like, do you have to like have a disclaimer? And that's a huge topic in the magic world, even for non magicians. Sorry, non Christian magicians. They always talk about like, do I should I? Is it ethical to tell people? Um, like, do I have to tell people before it's just like, hey, by the way, this isn't real. I and make a disclaimer. Like, this is just the trick. This is just an illusion. It's a very good one that you're not going to figure out, but it's just an illusion. <laughs> right. And 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 the consensus and where I am in the camp is like, I don't have to disclaim anything if I don't claim anything. And so uh, interesting. I'm never claiming that this stuff is real. And if you ask me, I'm going to say no. But at the same time, I'm not expecting Peter Pan to walk on stage and constantly be like, hey, guys, by the way, I'm not really Peter Pan during a play. And right. that's the same approach I have to this. But if you're bringing me in, I think everyone who's coming to a magic show, I think there's a contract with me and the audience. Like, we understand. I don't have to ruin the show by constantly reminding you the stuff isn't real. But you know it's not. And the real reason I'm here is the Catholic message. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't believe that the card trick you did for us at the hallow booth was not some, some crazy stuff. Uh, <laughs> that one, I just, I, I've told like five people about that, bro. Oh, that, that one just, that just blew my mind. Um, and would love for you to do it when you come back out to Denver, uh, oh, totally. by the way, cause I was pretty hype about that one. Um, but yeah, man, I think that's really good. I think it's important, but I guess a question too, is like, have you seen, I guess, like, do you go to magic shops or, have you seen like other magicians? Like, are there some that are into like some dark stuff? Like, is there a darkness to magic or like a dark side of like the magic industry, I guess? Um, like, is that not, possible? It's, I haven't really encountered it. What I, what you do see a lot of is atheists in magic. Really? So uh, atheism is uh, because basically magicians by, by nature are very skeptical people, right? We, we, we got into magic because we wanted to kind of look behind the curtain and see how everything worked, right? And yeah. that comes with a certain skeptical attitude. So for me, that's why I'm really into apologetics. And I'm really into like the philosophy and the theology and right. the, like the like understanding how the faith works and all that stuff, right? Sure. And that's how it manifests in, in my life and in my faith is I'm really into apologetics. And that's kind of like the skeptical mind in me trying to like, uh, because they're, they're, right, there's nothing wrong with being skeptical. Um, but, but, as long as you're earnestly seeking truth, which I think that uh, a healthy skepticism will lead you closer to truth being that God is real. Right. Mm -hmm. You, you question, uh, you're right. You question even the doubts. And so uh, with, uh, but in magic, you see a lot of um, a lot of atheism because a lot of, a lot, you get a lot of, of, of the feel of magicians who say, oh, I understand how to trick people, how to fool people. And religion is about tricking people and fooling people too. Um, which mm. I try, I, and that's something that I try to fight um, as well in conversations, but you do get that air of a lot of uh, magicians who kind of feel like, oh, we understand like the tricks of the trade and whatever. Um, there are, uh, there are magicians uh, who do stuff uh, pretending to be, uh, to be doing dark things. Um, like they actually want their audiences to believe it. Like a Chris um, Angel kind of vibe. I feel like he had a really like demonic 
kind of yeah, like approach, well, you know? I, yes. And if you, and Chris is actually not actually a, a real example of this, even though he has that vibe because Chris, at the end of the day, he seems very emo, I guess. The right. Emo makes it, yeah. Yeah. The non-emo he, people seems demonic. <laughs> de- right. And, and he definitely, right. He definitely played into that, but, it, it, and I but I can like, uh, he doesn't believe I, I can tell I can also tell you he doesn't believe those things. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, I can't tell you that because I don't know him personally, but I'll tell you this much. Um, I, I see some of Chris Angel's stuff and I'm like, I know how that trick works. So I know that he doesn't actually believe he's doing mm. anything like actually magical or that he isn't. I know he isn't because I know how the trick works when I see it. Um, but I'm also not a fan of his style because he can lead people to think right um, right, but yeah. there's other guys. Uh, but 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 also, Chris is very theatrical, and that's that's. I'm not not defending that style, but it's it's he he performs in that style. He's like the the rock and roll magic hardcore magic yeah. like guy. Um, but there are no, there are people who like. Um, for example, like you know the like psychics who yeah um, you know will take your money to read your tarot cards and stuff, and sometimes uh, they actually believe in that stuff. Um, and they're not they're, they're, there's two kinds there's the kinds who actually believe in that stuff and they they really they do it because they believe that that uh they are actually psychic which i'm like i don't think you are um but there's also uh the ones who use sleight of hand and magic tricks uh even though they know that they're not psychic to try to convince people that they are and that's mm. where i draw a very clear like ethical like that's not okay um right like that is that is an unethical use of the magical art uh, of magic as an art form is to con- is if you're trying to get money by people not uh giving you money because not because you are a theatrical performer but because they really believe you have powers that is completely unethical yeah um but in terms of magicians who perform on stage or like 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 who are who are performers uh, but they really use uh, they really believe in that dark stuff and use that in their performances. I've never actually encountered that. That's actually weirdly enough, that's a huge like thing that people ask about. They're like, are, is any of it real? Like are there actually like dark stuff? Like do any magicians actually use dark stuff? Never encountered it. Almost every magician I know that performs magic is using tricks and they know they're using tricks. And whether or not they their audiences believe it or not, that's where the ethical line there is drawn. But I, I yeah, um, and I always like to say, you know, at the end of the day, I think Satan has better things to do than card tricks. <laughs> <laughs> that seems legit. That right? seems legit. Yeah, I don't know if they're better, but uh, things that he would probably talk uh, over for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's yes, good good catch there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Not objectively better, but right. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not, yeah yeah for sure no i think uh yeah there's definitely some real dark stuff that happens i think with some psychics and like tarot cards and ouija boards and things like that i've listened to some interesting podcasts of people who were like x into those things um being interviewed um and what i've heard is they get a lot of information truly by like communicating with demons um who do know more than the the average person would know you know right. and that that well, oftentimes is what like will surprise people Right. And, and, yeah, and I'm not denying, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not denying that demonic stuff isn't real and that, of right, course, yeah. that stuff is weird. But what I'm, what I'm getting more at is that, uh, when it comes to like, like Matt, like in, in the, in the, in the world of magic performers, like yeah, we don't, that, we not... don't really, we don't really see that. 
Um, right. But yeah, with that, with that psychic, that psychic stuff is tricky because here's one of the things is even if the psychic uh, quote unquote psychic uh, is tricking people and they believe that they're using tricks. Of course, as a Catholic, I know that engaging with that stuff and the people who come is still opening doors to bad things that you shouldn't be doing. Right. Um, so even if, even in the sense of like, um, you know, like, like I know some magic tricks that are meant to be performed. Like, like, like uh, I've seen, ma- I've seen other magicians perform, tr- uh, do magic tricks. And even though they say it's all fake and they, they don't enjoy it, you know, they'll use like a prop, uh, like a tarot card deck or something. And right. that's when I'm like, you know what? That is not something I would ever do because I know that even if you don't believe it, your audience might, and that's open, right? Like that's getting too close to opening doors to stuff that you don't want to mess with. Um, and, and when it comes to a psychic who, uh, again, I say psychic quote unquote, um, um, when it comes to, to like those psychics who like, whether they actually believe in what they're doing or not, it's dangerous stuff to mess with. For sure. As a Catholic, I know like whether or not they believe in that what they're actually doing is real or they think it's just a trick and they're tricking the people that are coming to pay to see them. Yeah. Whichever one it is, you don't want to mess with that stuff. That's right. that's a whole line. But in general, the magic community, magicians don't like psychics because magicians feel like psychics are taking their tricks to deceive people um, in unethical ways, whether it be because they actually believe it or because they're trying to scam people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the magic community and the psychic world are very separate. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. That's interesting. That's great, man. Thank you for sharing all that. And then I guess another, another like very curious question I have is like, what's, what's the average day in Giancarlo Bernini's life look like? What's the day-to-day life of a magician like? Uh, so a lot of it is business. So like do, you know, wake up, do business of answer emails, uh, send out contracts, uh, you know, get, uh, you know, right now I'm dealing with some parishes who want to bring me in and I have to get all the, you know, diocesan approval forms and, right. you know, all that stuff. That's a lot of it. And then there's um, reading. So so then I take a, a day, a, a time of my day to like learn new tricks, um, read about the history of, 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 of like uh, some magicians, see if I can find something new to put in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like reading magic books, watching, you know, uh, or, or talking to other magicians and talking about like what new tricks we're working on and, you know, different, different things we're doing. Uh, then, uh, there's, uh, like practice time. So it's like, uh, like actually like crafting and doing things. Um, and then there's like my prayer time and now my gym time which Hell like yeah. i said I've, that's a new so so my day has four segments it's it's business uh learning magic practicing magic and prayer those are like the four and now five and now five and now I'm adding and going, right exactly so so now it's five <laughs> i love it i love it and is this something you think like is this you're going to do this till until retirement or what, what's kind of your i want to dude i mean this is such a it's, it's such a cool ministry and yeah. it's such a cool art form um I, you know, being, being an illusionist and also getting to talk about Jesus, like it's, it's fun and it's meaningful and it has an impact. Yeah. I want to do this for the rest of my life. That's super dope, man. 
I love that. I love to hear it. Well, man, I appreciate it. I think we're pretty much out of time. Uh, we didn't get to talk too much about the, the religion stuff and all the other things I wanted to talk about, but um, I mean, some, someday we will. Someday we yeah, will. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> this is great, though, man. I appreciate all the stuff you shared. I think it was really interesting and just really love and hope people, one of the biggest things they take away is just your great example of when you strive to be great at your craft, how much more people will listen to the gospel message that you have to share. Yeah, no, for real. And that, that is, that is, that is a huge, uh, something I really push and care about is, is yeah, that's striving for excellence in yeah. everything, including your craft. Love it. And now, now the gym for you as well. And now the gym. I love it. Is there any specific, like, are you feel like you're more drawn to cardio or weightlifting or have you found like your, your kind of niche in there yet? Are you still, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of, sir. I'm still just trying to get used to the habit. So I'm just kind yeah, of like, good. I'm going to go, I'm going to, probably run on the treadmill for like 10 minutes, then do, you know, weights for a little bit. I'm starting slow. I'm doing like these little 30 minute workouts and maybe, maybe like I'll start doing like an hour as we, you know, I don't know. I feel like now that I'm like on this podcast saying it, now I have to follow through. I have to commit. <laughs> because, I'm gonna check in with you. No one knew. No one no one knew that I was I didn't tell anyone I was starting to go to the gym, but uh but, but now that I'm saying it publicly, now I hundreds guess I of have people to know. Yeah. Right, right. Cause like now, now like yeah, like you see me in three months and you're like, dude, you 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 look overweight. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I then now I can't do now I yeah, I've got a That's now amazing. I gotta commit. I love it. That's good. Well, I'm so glad you, you brought it up here then. But I think it's a great way to get started, man, is taking that kind of slow approach. And I always tell people that you gotta find like some people love swimming, some people love running, some people love just like straight bro lifting, you know, and uh, some people like more like CrossFit type workouts and everybody kind of has their thing. And I don't think any is really superior than the others. Um, but it's great. I think for people uh, like yourself who are starting out to kind of experiment with the different things and see kind of where you feel most yeah. called and, and most passionate. So that's great, man. Totally. Good. Well, I look forward to holding you accountable to your, your gym going over the next several months. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that terrifies me. Let's go. <laughs> that's good. And I'm very excited to see you in a few weeks, man. So yeah, excited to absolutely. have you out to Denver. But thank you, everybody, for listening today. Um, if you're new to the Seeking Excellence podcast, I highly encourage you to subscribe. Uh, if you've been listening for a while and you feel generous enough to leave us a review today, uh, we'd be very grateful for that. I want to encourage you to check out, we'll have it in the show notes for sure. Uh, Giancarlo on Instagram. Do you have any other social media or anything that we should point people to? Uh, yeah, no, my Instagram Bernini magic is like where to go. And then, uh, Bernini magic.com is my website. Um, or Catholic magician.com. If you're going for, uh, like a faith-based show. Um, okay. If, if you're right. I, uh, Bernie, Bernini magic is like my, my corporate college or generic general website, but if Catholic based shows, Catholic magician.com either of those. Awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely link both of those here and, and be tagging you obviously in all the, all the social media posts and everything. So check those out. You're doing more and more magic tricks and stuff on Instagram, which I think is oh, really yeah. cool. I enjoy seeing those. Um, but yeah, thank you again for, ha- for coming out today and thanks everybody for listening. I hope this encouraged you to fight hard to strive to be your best and God bless.